Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, July 5th, 5.28 a.m. Central Time. Uh, no grain markets overnight. We're going to reopen at 8.30 a.m. Central Time this morning following the Independence Day holiday. But we do have some news to discuss. Mackenzie, why don't we start off with these crop ratings that were released after the close on Monday? So U.S. soybean conditions declined unexpectedly last week. The crop was rated 50% good to excellent nationally versus 51% last week and 64% on average. The amount of soybeans rated poor to very poor increased to 15% from 14% the prior week. Improving conditions were noted in Illinois, Iowa, and Indiana. Declining conditions were noted in North Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, and areas of the Delta. USDA estimated that 4% of the crop was setting pods versus 2% on average. Okay, so the trade in regard to soybean conditions, the trade thought we were going to see an improvement. The trade expected 52% good to excellent. We ended up at 50% good to excellent for the week. So this could seen as, this could be seen as a friendly factor in regard to price action here to start off the week. You had kind of a, a divergence in terms of where the ratings went. So you saw improvements in your uh, I states. Illinois went from 25% good to excellent in beans up to 30. Indiana went from 47 up to 53. Iowa went from 48 up to 53. But then you saw declines in some of these um, uh, peripheral areas outside of the Corn Belt or around the Corn Belt. Uh, North Dakota went from 62 down to 57. Uh, you saw Nebraska go from 47 down to 43 in soybeans, uh, 56 down to 53 in Kansas. So the, uh, the declines outside of the Corn Belt were enough to drag down um, the, the national soybean rating. And this national soybean rating has a lot of people concerned that we're not going to hit trend. The soybean balance sheets are going to end up incredibly tight. On Monday, I did a premium video regarding the new crop corn and soybean balance sheets. So what I did was I took the new acreage numbers and uh, plugged them in and started to play with different yield scenarios, uh, which is is really interesting in itself. One thing that I will say is that um, if you're going to start playing with lower yield scenarios and drastically lower yield scenarios, you've also got to adjust the demand side of the ledger uh, downward in all likelihood. That's the way it typically works. Um, also, guys, if you want to see this premium video, sign up today. We're also still doing these pre-open weather updates on Sunday nights. We'll be doing that through the month of July. Uh, the premium stuff can be found at www.standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning, guys. This is a $50 per month subscription. Um, it takes like one minute to sign up with your credit card. Piece of cake. Um, monthly feed, no other obligation. Um, nobody will try to sell you anything else. You could cancel at any time. Uh, give that deal a shot, guys. Let's get to corn conditions. So U.S. corn conditions improved last week. The crop was rated 51% good to excellent nationally through Sunday versus 50% last week and 66% on average. The amount of corn rated poor to very poor was unchanged at 15%. Improving conditions were noted in Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Minnesota, and Michigan. Declining conditions were noted in North, North Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, and Ohio. The crop was 8% silking through Sunday versus 4% last week 
and 9% on average. So when it comes to corn conditions, the uh, the changes versus last week and like where they occurred, it's kind of similar to soybeans. You saw a big increase in Illinois. Illinois corn went from 26% good to excellent up to 36. Indiana went from 47 up to 52. Iowa went from 56 up to 61. And then you saw declines in, in other areas. So you ended up... Um, with a 1% improvement, uh, same deal here, you know, this, this, uh, 51% good to excellent here in the first part of July. It's not, it's not a good rating historically. It's very poor. It's, it's still, despite some recent rains leading a lot of people to believe that we may not hit trend in terms of, uh, the national corn yield still a lot of time here. We're going to need to catch uh, some rains here during the month of July, which will bring us uh, to the weather, I suppose. Corn Belt rains were spotty over the last 72 hours. Areas that saw the best coverage include eastern South Dakota, northern Illinois, Kentucky, and Ohio. More scattered rains are expected during the next five days over the, over the central and eastern Corn Belt. The wettest areas of the country are likely to include Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, and the Mid-South. The Euro model in particular is mostly dry for a big chunk of the U.S. Corn Belt during the next next 10 days the gfs is slightly wetter by comparison the 6 to 10 and 8 to 14 day government maps favor odds of above normal rainfall i'll go out on a limb and say that the forecast might be seen as being a little bit friendly the markets here this morning i mean you look at this euro model in particular which has been more reliable and it really doesn't offer much in terms of rains for the corn belt now we've we've seen rains over the last couple of weeks that's why mostly why the corn market saw that big dive. It dropped a dollar per bushel in new crop corn futures before we even saw those acreage numbers. But you still need additional rains. And there were areas that didn't catch those rains. Now, if you're in one of these areas that's kind of like south of the Corn Belt or west of the, the, the heart of the Corn Belt, you know, you're in um, some areas of Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, whatever. Looks like you're going to catch the rains, but Illinois is still going to stay on the dry side. Uh, maybe Indiana, maybe parts of Iowa, maybe southern Minnesota, maybe the Dakotas. So I don't think this is like a super bearish forecast this morning. And and the the, the different models are are definitely um, uh, kind of diverging here. Like the GFS is wetter for a lot of Illinois, for a lot of Indiana. So I don't know. It's it's not an ideal forecast if you're a farmer in the Corn Belt. You need some follow up rains. I know we've seen rains. But we've still got a drought. You need the rains in this wetter pattern uh, to continue here, certainly. Uh, what about wheat? So U.S. spring wheat conditions declined. The crop was rated 48% good to excellent nationally versus 50% last week and 61% on average. Declining conditions were noted in North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. Improvement was noted in Montana, Idaho, and Washington. The crop is 51% headed versus 31% last week and 46% on average. The U.S. winter wheat crop is 37% harvested versus 24% last week and 46% on average. I'm actually surprised that spring wheat rating isn't a little bit better. I think they've done okay in terms of rains in, in some of U.S. spring wheat country. So I don't I don't know i mean when it comes to wheat and the market we need some demand i know we're still drastically overpriced when it comes to to the global uh, export pricing russia continues to be the the market that really undercuts what we've got going on here in the united states uh, there were some black sea headlines on the wires this morning the kremlin talking again about not renewing the grain deal i'm not sure that the trade is overly interested in those sort of headlines anymore U.S.-China trade tensions increased this week. 
The Biden administration has announced it is planning to restrict Chinese companies' access to U.S. cloud computing services. The plan goes hand in hand with the administration's export restrictions on advanced advanced chips and equipment. The announcement comes on the heels of China declaring it will restrict exports of two, of two metals used in semiconductors and electric vehicles. Beijing may impose further restrictions on rare earth exports if uh, tensions remain high between the two countries. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen will travel to China later this week in hopes of easing tensions. This uh, battle regarding technology and chips and all of that stuff, a lot of it ties back to Taiwan. A lot of it uh, does result in increased trade tensions. I don't know if, if this is related or not to the lack of Chinese buying. When you look at new crop Chinese uh, purchases of U.S. corn and soybeans, here's some uh, staggering statistics. New crop Chinese purchases of, of U.S. corn are down 90% versus the same period last year. Uh, new crop Chinese purchases of U.S. soybeans are down 81% versus the same period last year. Uh, China has not shown an interest in new crop uh, corn or soybeans. I know we saw a small flash sale last week, but uh, generally speaking, the, the sales are down sharply. It probably has a lot more to do with um, Brazil, the big crops there, the cheaper prices that are available there, but the uh, tensions are something to pay attention to as well um, as we try to get a handle on this new crop demand situation. U.S. corn shipments increased last week. USDA reported that 642,900 metric tons of corn were inspected for export during the week ending June 29th. The print was up 17% on the week, but down 27% versus the same week last year. Accumulated corn shipments for the current marketing year are down 31% versus the same time period last year. Soybean shipments increased 70, 71% from the previous week, totaling 250,000 metric tons. Wheat shipments were reported at 336,349 metric tons, up 65% compared to the previous week. USDA says that uh, corn exports will decline 30% year over year uh, for this old crop marketing year. So I think that they've made enough in terms of downward revisions to that old crop forecast. The new crop corn export forecast is something that a lot of people think is overstated. USDA says that new crop corn export sales will increase by 22%. So uh, there are a lot of people out there, myself included, who believe that uh, given what we know about sales, um, crops in Brazil, that sort of thing, USDA is, is overstating new crop soybean, or I'm sorry, new crop corn export demand by 300 million bushels maybe more than that. Um, we really need to see the pace of sales pick up. So an old crop, USDA is probably close, but these new crop demand numbers, guys, especially exports for corn and soybeans are uh, very much problematic. I know it's early. I know that this marketing year doesn't begin until September 1st, but we should be uh, doing some, some better business here. And we're really not. Uh, we did have a cattle trade on Monday. Yeah, cattle futures mostly held their ground on Monday. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of 63 cents higher, anywhere from 32 cents to a buck 17 higher. Live cattle futures were mixed, ranging from 35 cents lower to 95 cents higher. Choice box beef ended the day on Monday at 328.34. That was up 62 cents. Select ended the day at 294.30. That was up 67 cents. Outside markets here this morning, guys, uh, traders, just coming back from the holiday. U.S. dollar is up a little bit. Uh, stocks are off. The S&P is off 18. The Dow Jones off 130. Bonds up a little bit. Uh, precious metals are mixed. 
Crude oil up a dollar twenty nine at seventy one oh eight in the August WTI. Have a great day, guys. Uh, we will talk to you Thursday.